So I came back from my x-ray and I was told that I had a broken hip that would require surgery. So, okay, I texted the workshop organizers and, again and was like, I'm not going to be there all day tomorrow and maybe the next day I have to have surgery. And I was getting frustrated. Like, I had come all this way. I had big plans for things that I wanted to do with my time in Toronto. But MS has given me tools to deal with this, right? I've had to give up doing a lot of things I like doing. And I don't sit around crying about not being able to do the things I want to do. Instead, I do the stuff I can't do, because there's lots of stuff I like doing. So I said, OK, all right, so just invest in what you're doing. You can still meet new people. You can still learn new things. You can still have adventures. This is all a new experience. So focus on that. So I did. Can actor, playwright, and director Debbie Patterson answer 100 questions to win the Manitoba money shot? All this plus Shakespeare Palooza on this week's episode called Debbie Patterson Shouts on Thunder Bay, Ontario. And what's this guy doing up here in Manitoba? Manitoba. 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 It's the Manitoba Money Shot Podcast with me. Ronald George Moore. Kids, are you ready to go? Stratford Festival. Oh, oh dad, Shakespeare's not again. Shut the fuck up, you little dickbags. We're not just going to Stratford Fest, but we're going to Shakespeare Alusa! An all-day, all-night theater festival at the Packham Road Sports Complex. Four stages, 20 food trucks, and 100 porta potties bringing you the best that the Bard has ever written. Non-stop Shakespeare plays around the clock. We got comedy, we got history, we got tragedy, including The Tempest, A Midsummer Night's Dream, What to Do About Nothing, The Taming of the Shrew, Othello, Henry the Fourth Part Two, All's Well That Ends Well, Henry the Fifth Part Three, Anthony and Cleopatra, Romeo and Juliet, Hamlet, The Two Gentlemen of Verona, and much, 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 much. More. It's Shakespeare Alusa, motherfucker. Come check out the world's best celebrities performing soliloquies from the mighty pen of William Shakespeare, Dan Levy, Eugene Levy, Andy Dick, Oprah Winfrey, Machine Gun Kelly, Leslie Jones, Woody Harrelson, Clay from Kid and Play, Classified, David Suzuki, Erica M, the cast of Degrassi Talk, Robert, Colin Mockery, Sandra O, Brent Buck, and special appearance. By Don Cherry as Macbeth. Hey, the devil damn thee black, thou creep face loon. Where ghost thou the goose look? What the hell am I? What is ghost? For Christ's sake. It's Shakespeare Palooza, bitches. This weekend, camping pass, $400. One day pass, $400. Everything, $400. Now get in the car and shut the fuck up. All right, calm down. <sighs> Sometimes I much better. There we go. Hi. Hi. How are you? My name is Ronald George Moore. Thank you for clicking on the thing and uh, listening to the show. It's the Manitoba Money Shot podcast. Uh, it's a podcast I've been doing highlighting uh, Manitoba artists. And today is Debbie Patterson, an actor, uh, playwright, director. She wears many hats. And you heard her at the beginning of the show there. She was speaking from that was a clip from the Sick and Twisted Theater YouTube channel which uh, she is artistic director of, Sick and Twisted. And uh, yeah, there's a little show on there called Crip Tips 
TV. She's got a few episodes and a lot more you can check out on that YouTube channel, that Sick Ampersand Twisted Theater. And we talk about Sick and Twisted. We talk about Shakespeare and the Ruins. We talk about a lot of things, and I'm not going to spoil anything, so you're going to be hearing that in just a few minutes. But before that, uh, I just want to remind you, if maybe you haven't heard this show before, um, our home base is SoundCloud. If you go to SoundCloud, there's a whole bunch of interviews with the best and coolest Manitoba talent um, that agreed to do the show. (laughs) That would say yes to having me uh, interview them. Uh, Comedians, musicians, authors, painters, the whole shebang. And uh, we're also on YouTube, the Manitoba Money Shot Podcast, Twitter, Instagram, the huge. Um, you can hear us on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, if you prefer. Um, Amazon, yeah. <laughs> it's on, we're on Amazon, I swear, it's true. I haven't heard it myself, but it's true. And other places on the internet. Oh, and also, I have a Patreon account, Patreon, uh, the Manitoba Money Shot Podcast, or Ronald George Moore, I'm not even quite sure. <laughs> If you go to SoundCloud, there's a link tree. It has all the things. But you, you feel free to sign up for a dollar a month. You can listen to all the... I drop two episodes a week, Tuesday, Twitter, Friday, Foreplay, when there's no interview. And you can listen to all the backlog of those. I've been doing that for about a year. And some Wednesday whack-offs, if you're in the mood. It's good stuff. So, And for a dollar a month, what the hell? Why not? What else are you going to do with that dollar? Give it to your boy, Ronald George Moore. Okay. Let's talk Debbie Patterson. I'm a huge fan. Uh, she's um, very well known in the province. She's performed on, well, I would guess almost every stage where you can perform, Worked, working with dance companies, PTE. She's getting awards left and right. I messaged her on Facebook and I asked her to be a part of the show and she was like, no, I'm too busy. Maybe next month. I was like, okay. <laughs> and I waited. Month went by. She said, yes, it's all good. So much fun talking to her. You can see her in Shakespeare's Will, which has been held over until the 12th of December. So you still have a chance. Go check it out. It is awesome. You stream it. You sit in your favorite chair and watch it. She will amaze and dazzle you. She is that talented. Get your tickets at ShakespeareInTheRuins.com. Bye. All right, we're rolling. How are you, Debbie? I'm great. Oh, good. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, thanks for coming and uh, doing the Zoom with me and having you on the show and, and uh, being a guest on the show. My pleasure. Do you listen to a lot of podcasts? Are you a podcast person? I'm not a huge podcast person, um, but I do listen to some. Right. That's I listen good. to the Play Me podcast. I listen to plays. Plays. Nice. Yes. Yeah. What is it? It's Keith, Keith Tomasek. The Performers Podcast, I think it's called, out of Toronto. Keith, you know him? No. No, he's got a great podcast. It's all about, I think he was like promotion for the Stratford Festival at one point. And so he's big into theater and he has all these great actors on and performers. So I'll have to send you a link. I will check it out. Yeah. Okay, please do. For sure. Uh, (laughs) You've had an amazing career. I was looking over your... uh, credentials and resume you can pull all this stuff off the internet pretty easily nowadays eh? oh no and uh so we're gonna go into that we're gonna go into shakespeare's will which i saw last night incredible debbie you are incredible cool fantastic performance the whole idea of the show and being and playing in the sand and and the puppetry was phenomenal great Uh, but what i like to do in the show is just start right at the beginning 
Um, okay. And I believe you're from Thunder Bay. Were you born in Thunder Bay, Ontario? No, I was born in Sudbury. And we were living on Manitoulin Island at the time. And how, how long were you there? Like, do you have memories of just it? Just a couple. Not, not really. Not a lot of memories from Manitoulin Island. We were just there a few years. And mm -hmm. then we lived in southern Ontario for about 10 years. And I moved to Thunder Bay in, in 1980. Oh, okay. And so I went to high school in Thunder Bay and, uh, and then went to theater school in Montreal. And then I lived in Toronto for a brief period and then I moved here. Okay, okay. Well, let's back it up yeah. then back to uh, you're floating around Southern Ontario. Why is that? Why did you not settle down in one place? Um, I think because of my dad's work. We were moving around. Right. What yeah. did he do? He was a minister. A United Church minister. Nice. So, yeah. So you kind of have to move every time you get a new job, you know, like that. <laughs> right. Are there there are a lot of uh, openings around Southern Ontario? Well, well, I guess there were. I mean, we lived in in this town called Lakefield for about ten years. So okay. that was kind of my first real home home, you know, right. that I, that we were in for like a consistent period of time. Yeah, yeah. going to school in Lakefield. Yes. Lakefield, that's yeah. weird. <laughs> um, so, uh, you okay? So you have memories of Lakefield, right? Like, yes. What? what kind of stuff were you doing between the ages of one and ten? Like, what? How would you spend your time? I'm thinking outdoors. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We did a lot. Of, we played a lot of kick the can. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there was a beach in Lakefield, and uh, because it's a small town, I could ride my bike to the beach. Mm -hmm. And I took swimming lessons there. And uh, so I spent the whole summer at the beach, pretty much. Nice. Um, I also took figure skating and curling. Um, and there wow, was a swamp that I would walk past on my way to and from school. And in the spring, there were all these tadpoles and, and there were a lot of frogs in the, in the swamp. So we would catch frogs and tadpoles. We'd catch the tadpoles and take them home and try to raise them into frogs because it was so fascinating watching them grow legs right oh absolutely My... most of them died but one or two made it to froghood <laughs> that's where they graduate yeah <laughs> that's cool yeah my, my boy did that too over the years you know grab a net go down to the pond and scoop them up examine them yeah it's a lot of fun yeah still good it's still great good today. Mm -hmm. um and then so you're going to school uh, oh, is it, is it just you and your parents or what was the family unit like? I had an older sister and a younger brother. Older sister and younger brother. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. You left Lakeview and you ended up in Thunder Bay. Yes. Okay. I was around 14. When, yeah. you're, when you're in Thunder Bay, like I've been there, I think yes. briefly it was like a stopover or something. You like drive into Toronto, you stop at Thunder Bay for gas or whatever. Or, right. Uh, but what's what's thunder bay to you what 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 did you, what kind of things did you do what kind of what, what kind of places did you hang out at did you lay up did yeah. you like living well compared to lakefield thunder bay was the big city right 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 <laughs> for sure like there was a mall i could go to and there, you know there was okay. a transit you know like like it was it was a big city and there was also like cool um there was some cool artistic community uh, there was this, um, there was a folk festival there in the summertime. There was a, a sort of an alternative theater company called uh, Cam Caministiqua Theater Laboratory, Cam Lab, 
which mm -hmm. was really cool. They did theater for social justice and, and really sort of experimental forms of theater. Um, and then there was Magnus Theater, which was like a, you know, a professional regional theater. So wow. there was a lot going on. There's even a symphony in Thunder Bay. Like, who knew? There's a Ugh. symphony that's been there for like 50 years or something. Oh, wow. That's really yeah. awesome. Yeah. So and, and Thunder Bay is also like the, you know, the city is, 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 is fine. Like, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a decent city, but the land around it is stunning. Like, if you can get out of the city into, you know, onto the land, it's just gorgeous. Like, it's Canadian Shield, you know rocks yeah. and trees and and rushing brooks like it's just right stunning tons of things yeah. to explore outside yeah. the city great cross-country skiing there's downhill skiing like it's just a yeah it's oh, a cool place that's cool and especially yeah. like hearing that the, the the theater community was there that you discovered were you was did theater yeah. have a hold of you at that young of an age like like well we're talking high school here but even before high school or how, how did you find your yeah calling i am um, yeah okay in uh, in lakefield there was this private boys school this really posh like boys school mm -hmm. and uh and they were doing a production of oliver when i was 11 and they needed one girl because there's one girl in the show and i auditioned and i got in and it was just really like it was just really cool to be in in a play that wasn't, you know, at my school or among my peers, it was like at the fancy school with yeah. fancy boys, you know? <laughs> what was the role? <laughs> uh, Bet, who is like, um, she's a child prostitute. Whoa. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty heavy. <laughs> it is pretty heavy. Well, they're all like, the, the kids are all, you know, they're all orphans and they're, and they're um, thieves and pickpockets and, yep. you know, and so, you know, it's like they're all little street gang kids, really. Yeah, they yeah. lose their childhoods pretty quickly in that play, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, so you, you were bitten by the theater bug right then, right there. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And were you, were you in a, a few more plays in, in Lakefield? Well, there was a, um, an amateur theater group in Peterborough, which is right next to Lakefield, um, called Peterborough Theater Guild. So I was in a couple of musicals there when I was musicals. a kid as well. Wow, that's great. Yeah. You have musical chops. Like, uh, obviously, you you like to sing if you're going to do it in front of an audience. That's really cool. Yep. But what about instruments? Are you playing any instruments? or? I, I can't play any now because of, um, of MS, but I used to play accordion and I played bass guitar and guitar and piano. I took piano lessons forever. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. And flute. On yeah. the flute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I used to go to like music camp in the summertime when I was a kid. Well, that's cool. That's when cool. I wasn't at the beach swimming. Right. And were you continuing it like with uh, like say band in uh, high school in Thunder Bay there? Were yeah. You the band? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You're, you're still doing uh, the theater. That That's so great. That you, you knew what you wanted at such a young age, you know, it's a lot of kids. Yeah. Like... I was super focused. Are you doing, are they putting on high school plays? You're involved there, I assume? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you remember yep. the plays? I had an amazing theater teacher in Thunder Bay. Oh, what his was his name? His name Jeff McKay. Sorry? Jeff McKay. Jeff McKay. Jeff was fantastic. He organized a co-pro between, between our high school theater troupe and this, uh, and Cam Theater Lab. So we did, a, we did a show with them. They wanted to do a show that was set in a high school with a bunch of teenagers. So we did this co-pro with them, which was amazing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that we got to like, 
work with real professional actors. It was really cool. Um, he also let us do a production of Rocky Horror. This was like in, in 83, maybe. Wow. And, and we had to keep it a secret from the school administration because they would not have allowed it. Really? Um, and we didn't, <laughs> didn't have a band, so we just lip synced to the record because it was a record right there weren't of CDs. course yeah, yeah it was a record backstage we lip-synced and we uh we had secret tickets that we gave out to people and we did it at like 4 15 so that like people could sort of hang around after school and not actually leave <laughs> and then the theater in the school was on the top floor like in the middle so it was like a three three-story building it looked like a castle from the outside it's beautiful right but we you know people would like come in and it was all it was like on the dl that is the coolest we isn't that the coolest yeah Yeah. you really had to be in the know to see this show (laughs) yeah yeah you had to have a friend in the theater in the among the theater nerds Mm -hmm. what what was the name of the school uh port arthur collegiate institute port arthur okay collegiate institute what role did you play in the rocky horror I, i was just one of the transylvanians Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Can't always the get the course. lead, eh? Can't always get the lead. No. <laughs> but every every person is is just as important as the other in, in a theater. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. Absolutely. Any other ones there that you remember? Any other shows? Uh, that shows that I did in in. Yeah. Okay. Here's another thing I did that was really cool. Uh, there was this um, there was this show called Booze. And it was like the cautionary tale about don't drink and drive, right? Right. And this, there was a performing arts management program at the local community college. And so they wanted to have like a sort of a, a project that they could do to manage performing arts. So they booked a tour of booze all over Ontario and they raised money and, yeah. and they hired us, hired a bunch of teenagers to do this tour. So we so we went all over Ontario. We went to Ottawa and to, um, to we went to Toronto, North Bay, Timmins, like Sudbury, mm-hmm. like a whole bunch of other. Like you're yes. playing theaters as opposed well, to like schools. No, or... in high schools. Oh, high playing high schools. schools across Ontario. Yes. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I got like a month off of school to do this tour. Very nice. It was so cool. <laughs> yeah. And also maybe the first, uh, touring element of, of uh you know doing theater yeah Bring yeah the, putting the show on the road yeah and the first time i got paid to do it oh nice cool. yeah that's great yeah uh, yeah we got 50 bucks a week so you're in thunder bay you you're hanging out with mm-hmm. your theater crowds or whatever your theater friends and other friends i assume what kind of places did you go what like did you like to hang out in in Thunder Bay, like establishments? Because I don't know really, but sure. maybe someone from listening would be like, I know that place. Yeah, we would go to a bar called Doodles um, where we could get served when we were still underage. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. And there was a, a local musician there named Rodney Brown, who is like this folk singer in Thunder Bay who has made a career as a musician. Oh. in Thunder Bay for years and years. He's raised his family. Like it's, he's, he's amazing. He's, he's just like a, I don't know. He's a, a legend. A, a Thunder Bay hometown Thunder hero. Bay legend. Yeah, he really is. And then you're uh, saying that, I, I guess after high school, 
Did you go right mm-hmm. to uh, college, university, or did you? Tra- it seems it seems like you traveled a bit. Well, I did one year. Um, I did one year working for Magnus Theater in administration. I was the receptionist at the theater, and then I worked in the box office. And mm-hmm. and then after that, I went to. During that year, I auditioned for National Theater School and got in, and then went to Montreal to theater school. Oh my God! What is it like to audition at the National Theater School of Canada? And it was pretty in. intense. That, like. It was intense. So I, I had to come to Winnipeg to audition because they didn't audition in Thunder Bay. So mm-hmm. I took a train took, because yeah. there was still a train that ran from Thunder Bay to Winnipeg and it's the nicest way to travel. Absolutely. I took a train and it was timed perfectly. I could arrive here in the morning and then catch the train that night and go back. So it was oh, kind okay. of slept on the train both ways. It's kind of cool. Um, Mm -hmm. So I auditioned for NTS. The audition was at uh, MTC. So it was the first time I was in MTC. And, uh, and at my audition, we had to do a big sort of group warm up. And then we all went into the sort of waiting room and we went in one by one. And I went in, I did my pieces. Partway through my second piece, they stopped me and said, we're calling you back. Wow. And yeah. Yeah. And I was like, awesome. And the, but like, you know, and what do I do with this? Right? Like I had to like, I didn't know many people in Winnipeg. You know what? The only person I knew in Winnipeg was Doreen Brownstone. And I called her up and told her that I had gotten a call back to National Theater School. Right. Because I I didn't have anyone else I could call. (laughs) How did you know her? Just from circles, circle of theater circles? Weirdly, I was in a production of Tartuffe at Magnus Theater during my final year of high school. Mm-hmm. And Doreen played my grandmother. Very yeah. cool. Wow. Yeah. And you were able to still, and yeah. yeah, just here's my number. There's no email at that time. So just here's my number. No. If you're ever in Winnipeg, give me a call type thing. That's great. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Like, and- yeah. So that was in 1984. She was playing grandmothers in 1984. <laughs> That's a typecasting. It's a, yeah, Almost. typecasting. Couldn't She's shake been it. that type for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, you were called back and I whittled down to, from, uh, you know, the people auditioning to get in. And then how many people yeah. did they accept? Uh, there were 15 in my year. I yeah. remember I actually auditioned for uh, the Ryerson, Toronto Ryerson Theatre School, you know, and uh, I did the same thing. Took a took a train down to Toronto first time in Toronto and I'm like I got this like I was like I just yeah. remember thinking I, I got great grades in theater I know what I'm doing I you know it's full of myself and pretty quickly I was deflated as far as like the intensity oh. of the audition it's great to hear a story like of uh, of someone who actually was able to go through the process how did you find the experience was the workload incredible or how many years yeah well it was really really hard um, the workload was incredible. Uh, and I also was married. And that was, that was a source of great tension as well. Oh, um, <laughs> married. When did you get married? Because he wasn't, uh, I got married when I was 19. Oh. I, uh, I left home at 17. I was still in high school. I left home. I was homeless for a couple of weeks. And then we moved into a place together. 
and then we lived in our van for a summer and then we had another apartment and then after living together for about a year and a half we got married and uh stayed married for two years and then like the two years that I was at theater school we were married and then when I left theater school I left the marriage and uh and carried on who got the van he did well it was his van okay you so know, you let him have it he then. brought the van into the relationship he took the van out were you both but i learned how to fix cars on that van oh so that was a really useful skill because it was oh. a lemon <laughs> it kept breaking down well, it was just old you know yeah. were, were the two of you going to toronto when you went to toronto and, and so when was the toronto timeline there i mean is it after the... that was after after that after yeah. after okay. after the marriage after theater school you're putting on plays, right? You're there for acting. You're performing. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, do you remember plays that you you performed with at the school? Yes. Let me see. Uh, we did. We did. Oh, we did um, the Scottish play Macbeth. We did nice. uh, uh, the Suicide. It's a Russian play. We did a. We worked with Richard Fowler and devised a piece. He's the guy that was the director for Primus Theater. Um, I don't know if you remember Primus. They were in Winnipeg in like the late 80s, early 90s. Really? No, no maybe I don't. through the 90s. No, eh? No. Um, they were all they were all my classmates that formed Primus. They were they were really cool. They're they they're quite influential in Canadian theater in terms of uh developing sort of an aesthetic of of um devised theater and and uh, movement-based theater and non, I guess, non-text-based theater. Okay. They really, yeah. they really were um, leaders in, like nationally, in, in developing that sort of aesthetic. Right. And these are all your yeah. theater friends. These were my so classmates. You weren't, you weren't involved in, in that theater company? No, no. I didn't do the third year at National Theater School. I left after the end of the second year. Okay. And so in the third year, they invited him back. Like that, my my classmates sort of um, uh, advocated to have him Richard come back and teach them again in the third year, which was you know pretty unusual. And then they formed the company out of that, oh, and chose to move to Winnipeg. Yeah, they chose to. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, and then so, what did you do after the those two years? I went back to Thunder Bay. I did um, I did a couple of shows, one with Cam and one with Magnus. Two with Magnus. I did a big long tour um, out of Magnus Theater. I moved to Toronto. Um, it was brief. It didn't suit me. It felt it felt too cold and um, took forever to get anywhere. And and mm-hmm. I just I don't know. What part of Toronto were I, you staying of, in? Most, oh, I was in a great apartment right across from High Park. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, that's a gorgeous area. Yeah. You know, High Park. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. And, uh, I was in a band while I was there. Get the hell out of here. Okay. Yeah. Are you, uh, singing, playing an instrument. You're on the flute. Playing, no, playing accordion. Playing accordion. Wild. Yeah. What yeah. was the name of the band? It was called, uh, shit, what, what was our name? I don't even remember. Oh, no. Uh, oh, no. That's so funny. That's so funny type of thing where you wake up and be like oh that's what it is yeah yeah <laughs> i was in a couple of bands in thunder bay um one was called the reeb tones 
-hmm. and it was basically 12 bar and A is what we played. 12 um, bar and A. And Reeb Tones is beer. Yeah, 12 bar and A. Almost every song was 12 bar and A. Um, Reeb is beer backwards, so we're the Reeb Tones. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, that's and good. A little subliminal like, messaging for the audience. Yeah, yeah. It was a cover band. And then uh, I was in a band that played all originals that was called Psychic Wives. Um, and it was oh. it was just me and this other this other woman uh, who works at Vancouver Playhouse now. Oh, cool! Yeah. So these yeah. bands, uh, you're not taking them too seriously, though, or it's it's just uh, they're not lasting too long. They weren't lasting too long. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay, but in Toronto, you're playing gigs. Yeah, we just played a couple of gigs. I didn't last very long in Toronto. Right. It was not my scene. When I I also like I got I got offered this sweet job back in Thunder Bay, like just a short contract. So I went back to take that. And then oh, and then I was a roadie for this punk band uh called Furnace Face. I fucking um, love Furnace ba Face. You're I, you you were a roadie for Furnace Face? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. You gotta tell me about that. How did you become a, a roadie for Furnace Face? Because they're out of uh, Montreal, I believe. Ottawa. Ottawa, Ottawa, okay. Yeah. yeah, so when I lived in Thunder Bay, uh, after after the marriage, like between the marriage and moving to Toronto, I lived in this house called, with a bunch of women, it was called the House of Lesbians. Um, <laughs> okay. And we would, we had this whole house and and our one of the women living in our house um, was really good friends with this woman, Sandy, who was a promoter who was working at Crocs and Rolls, this uh, alternative club in Thunder Bay. Okay. And so because of that connection, we would provide housing to bands that were coming through town okay. uh, in exchange for never, ever paying cover at this bar. Works out And it was well. the only bar you wanted to go to because it was the alternative club and all the good bands played there. Right. So, so we would house bands. Um, so like I house uh, Spirit of the West, um, wow. 5440, I think, stayed with us. Um, cool. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, Bob's Your Uncle stayed not at our house, but at another house that this woman lived in. So I got right. to know those guys as well. Like just great, you know, great indie bands from the early 90s. Mm -hmm. So the idea yeah. is Furtis so Face stayed at the house. Things. They stayed at my house and their van broke down so they ended up staying like you know an extra week or something yeah. while they waited for a part um so we you know i i like took them out to the cascades this like there's this awesome place where you can swim in this in this river with all these like there's waterfalls and pools you can swim in and so you know we you have to go down this path it's about a kilometer into the woods right so i took them up there like just you know took them to the cool places in thunder bay for sure, yeah, um, yeah. And we hung out. And then I moved to Toronto and then they were doing a tour and they needed a driver and I was nearby. So I, yeah, you yeah. Just, you just we went up with them across tour. Canada or wherever their tour was. Yeah, yeah, we went, to, we went to Vancouver. Well, they went to Victoria. I stayed with a friend in Vancouver that I wanted to spend time with. And they went to Victoria without me and then we drove back. That's and we amazing. did. Uh, we had like a couple of days in Madison, Wisconsin, and there was a, a gig in Detroit as well. 
And they yeah. seem like they'd be yeah. uh, a great bunch of guys to hang out with or like a lot of fun. They were super fun. Yeah. They were super fun. And and they just they just create a really good vibe in the club. Um and I was really, I really enjoyed like I was I was the merch girl at the at the gigs, right? So I loved like just chatting up everybody. Like that was my job was to chat everybody up. And I would like go around to all the tables and say hi and you know, sell stuff. And just exactly. it was just super fun. Like it's just being, you know, being oh, like yeah. the gregarious person in the club. Yeah. If you, <laughs> and then if the mosh pit gonna... was always super fun. Yeah, if you can't be a rock star, you're gonna be a closely associated to one is just as good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you said goodbye, Toronto. I'm out of here. Went back to Thunder Bay. And yeah. then you decided you're going back to Winnipeg. Here's what happened. While I was on tour with Furnace Face, um, a friend of mine told me that there were auditions happening in Winnipeg for a show out of Saskatchewan. So I booked an audition. Yeah. Um, and, and okay, we were playing at Wellington's. I was at that you show. You know Wellington's? Yep. Were you? I was definitely at that show. I think I remember that was, okay. that was the shake your shaky. Well, they had a lot of shake your shaky. Things, yeah, the shaky thing. I remember with shaking the, my the finger. Dragon? Do you remember the dragon? At yeah. The they entered in the dragon. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That was the show. We were both there. So, wow. okay. So the first night, some people, some guys trashed the men's washroom. Like they trashed it. Like the, there was a sink that was ripped out of the wall. Right. Um, the urinal was full of broken beer bottles. Oh, that's familiar. The stalls were ripped. Does this sound familiar? Yeah. So, so then the club owner was like, we can't open tomorrow. So I'm only going to pay you for one night. And we needed the money for gas to get home. And so, so the guy said, well, if we fix the bathroom, will you let us play? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> and, and I was able to say, I'd love to help but I have an audition I have to go to. Yeah. And so I went to the audition and, and the, the show was for like these teenagers who are a rock band. And so I went to the audition and I was like, oh my God, I'm so glad I had this audition. And I told the director this story and I'm sure it was that story that made him want to hire me. Right, cool. Yeah. What was yeah. the name of that show? So then oh, that was called Zeke and the Indoor Plants. Okay. And I kind of lied in the audition and said I knew how to play bass. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, I knew how to play two songs on bass, but I didn't really know how to play bass, so I had to learn. Um, yeah. And I also met my partner on that show. And so meeting him is really what brought me to Winnipeg. Get out of here. And we're yeah. talking to R. McPherson here. That's right. You met, he was in that yeah. show? He was in... Zeke and the Indoor Plants with me in Saskatchewan. Was he playing an instrument in the show? He played keyboards. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a great origin story. It really is, yeah. Yeah. Like, if, if, those, if the club hadn't been trashed, I probably wouldn't have gotten in. Like, I probably wouldn't have been cast in that show, right? Wow, that's unbelievable. Changed my life. Yeah, yeah. Changed my life. You little things, there you go. Very cool. So, and now you're, you're doing a show in Saskatchewan, but after yep. that show, you both came to Winnipeg or? Well, we both split. We were split. both like showmance, you know, mm -hmm. showmance, romance ends when the show ends, go back home. Right? And then, <laughs> yeah. And then we started writing letters and, um, 
And I was back in Toronto. And then I took the job in Thunder Bay. And then he was coming here to do the fringe. And I was going to come here for the folk fest because I always came to the folk fest with my with my lesbian community, right? Right, um, right, right. So so I was like, well, why don't you come to Winnipeg a couple of weeks early and we'll meet at the folk fest? Right. So we met at the folk fest and decided we would live here. A like, folk man's. <laughs> it's a folk man's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's absolutely yeah. awesome. So we both decided to move to Winnipeg at that folk fest. Very cool. And then it's just been shows nonstop and you nonstop. branched out from just acting because now you, you're a playwright, uh, you're yep. a director. Okay. Yep. You have, uh, actually, I've got a list of your, of things that you've done and can, do you mind if I just read off and give me a short, maybe your just short thoughts on each little thing here? Sure. But you're a founding member of Shakespeare in the Ruins. You're That's a right. founding yeah. member. What's that? Story? Well, here's the thing. Arne's sister was already living in Winnipeg when we moved here. We hadn't totally moved here yet. And, um, and I was staying out at, she was working at this same Norbert Art Center. Like it wasn't the art center yet, mm -hmm. but that's where she was living. And they had a fall festival. So they hired me to do some stuff for their fall festival. So I was staying out there. Yeah. And, then, um, and then I met Laura Schroeder that summer. And, and so she came out to the fall festival and she, I don't think she'd spent much time at the, at the ruins yet, but we were standing there at the ruins and it was sunset. And we were talking about how awesome it would be to do Romeo and Juliet in the ruins. Right. Like Laura and Arne and I were standing there talking about it, you know, and, and kind of figured out how we would stage the whole thing and how and it visualize would, you know, it would it, yeah. go from like daylight to darkness, the way the play kind of goes from like joyful to tragedy. Right. We had, you know, we had this whole vision. And then Laura freaking wrote the grants and got the money and recruited a team. And, and we went from there. Laura did all the work the first year because she was well, just like, amazing. she's amazing. And, and like the box office phone number was her home phone number. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Like, well, I'm sorry, what yeah. year was that, would you, would you say? When that that was in 90, 94. Didn't I see it at the Os at the Assiniboine Zoo one year? Am I, am yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. We got booted out of the ruins for a couple of years. Um, <laughs> troublemakers. We were troublemakers. <laughs> um, and so we tried different locations. Um, we did a, a Romeo and Juliet in a parkade downtown. And then we went to a park in St. Boniface. And then we went to Assiniboine Park. Um, yeah. Did a couple of shows in the in the conservatory and then move back to the ruins right yeah yeah, yeah. It's certainly beautiful setting you know for sure exactly yeah. i can see why it was like oh this is it this is why what we need to do here uh you said it says you served as a theater ambassador of winnipeg's cultural capital year a theater yeah. ambassador what is that capital cultural capital well there's this thing like i guess winnipeg was declared a cultural capital of canada and so there was all this, like, uh, all these activities that were associated with that, like the, the, um, the dance on Broadway, and there were um, a bunch of things at the Forks mm -hmm. and yeah. public art things. So there were, there were ambassadors from each discipline. And uh, we each did a, a, a project that was called a legacy project that had something to do with Winnipeg. So that's where I started developing this play called 
Sergeant and Victor and Me. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's one of the, you wrote that play, and uh, yeah, this is sick and twisted. Right. It became sick and twisted. Yeah. 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 Uh, was this like the first production of sick sick and twisted theater? That, by the way, which is yeah, a company you're the artistic director of. Yes. What 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 was it about? Yeah. yeah. The intersection of Sergeant Avenue and Victor Street. Right. Yeah. Um, I wanted to explore that uh, the history of that neighborhood. Because, um, because uh, my mother-in-law is Icelandic, was Icelandic, mm -hmm. and knew that area as sort of the Icelandic community, and had this sort of picture in her head about what that neighborhood was. And then my brother bought a house right near that corner, and his his understanding of that neighborhood was very different from my mother-in-law's. And so I was really interested in how the neighborhood had changed so quickly from from being this um, sort of family friendly, uh, good place to grow up neighborhood to being like uh, crack houses and gang violence. Right, I see. Which is what my brother was experiencing, right? Right, right. Yeah. So I was, I, I just interviewed a ton of people who, who lived or worked near that intersection or who had ever lived or worked near there and tried to create a sense of the, the history of the place. Okay. Yeah. So you had a big and cast then, on this? Well, no. I, I mean, the first time we did it, there were four people who each played the different parts. Um, like each person played a bunch of different parts. But then I, I wanted to do it myself. Like I thought I wasn't acting anymore because I, I was starting to have MS, right? And it was starting to change the way I walked and stuff. Uh -huh. And so I thought I had to quit, quit acting when I got MS. But then when we were working on this, I just like, I fell in love with all these people I interviewed, you know, and I, I felt so connected to them. And when other people uh, performed their words, it was so unsatisfying to me yeah. because they, you know, they didn't, they didn't know who these people were and right. I couldn't, you know, mm -hmm. I couldn't convey it. And I just, I just needed to do it. Oh, that's amazing. And so then, so then I did it a couple of times just as Sergeant and Victor. I called it Sergeant and Victor. And it was just a series of monologues from these different interviews. Yeah. And then I wanted to develop it further. And this great dramaturge named Iris Turcott, who I actually met when I did the co-pro at my high school with Cam Theater. Oh, so okay. Iris Turcott. Yeah. So she was in Thunder Bay working with Cam. Now she's like, and then when I was working on Sergeant and Victor, she was working with Factory Theater in Toronto. Um, mm. So I called her up and, and, and asked her if she would help me develop this play. And she was like, she called me and she said, well, what's wrong with you? She saw like a, I sent her a video or something about it. Okay. She said, what's wrong with you? <laughs> oh. And so I explained about MS and not being able to walk. And she said, dummy, what's happening to your body is what's happening in that neighborhood. You have to write about what's going on for you if you want to make sense of this story, if you want to create some structure for this story. And she right. was absolutely right. So that's where that, uh, th there was the first time I felt like I could, I could use, use um, my disability as a way of creating art rather than seeing it as an obstacle to creating art. Right. And I think that's what led you uh, to sick and twisted theater because uh, you know that's kind of the mandate, right? And I love what you said about um, yeah disability. Uh, the disability is a place you look at it as like a place of possibility opposed to a place of restriction. 
you know, and I love that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Let's talk about Sick and Twisted Theater. What year did that start? I think 2016 was the first show. And uh, it's still going on. The last show uh, I just saw, what, a month ago? Trigger Warning. Yeah, Trigger Warning Cassandra. Trigger yeah. Warning Cassandra. Uh, it was very, and it was, you know, kind of odd to be out in the theater now, like because of uh, COVID restrictions and whatnot. Know, but so weird. Pretty easy to just be there again and, and love live theater. And that's kind of the mandate with Sick and Twisted is to showcase theater, which would have uh, some sort of disability with uh, the performer. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. To create theater through that, through, um, I guess it's with a disability lens. Like, like it's not, our lens. plays aren't all about disability or about being disabled, but it's, it's a way of looking at the world through, through the experience of disability. Well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to take too much more of your time. I got, we got, we're going to do the money shot in a minute, but I do want to talk about Shakespeare's okay. will. And uh, just to, yes. you know, because it was, it was just amazing how, I don't know if you know, Jeff Dunham, he's no. a, a comedian ventriloquist. He has like an old man thing. He's like hugely oh, popular. No. Right. Uh, but it, you watch a ventriloquist and your eyes focus to the puppet. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's a back and forth. And so I, I was definitely doing that during your show. And then I realized I, I want to pay attention to you because you're throwing so much of, you know, yourself into the roles. And it was right. I found it much more fascinating to watch your face, your voice, your, your body movements. And then so I, I was uh, struggling with that <laughs> just because uh, you can't help but look at. Yeah. Uh, Bill, Bill is the, uh, you can't help yeah. but look at your, the rock when you're performing, right? Uh, yeah. How did that all, how did the whole show come about? Did you audition for that? No. no. Uh, tailored. Rory wanted to produce it as part of Shakespeare Fest, and he had asked uh, Eric to direct it. And I think they had someone lined up to play it, and then that fell through for whatever reason. And so they thought they were going to have to cancel it, and then... Uh, they asked me to do it and I said yes, um, uh, mostly because Rory asked me to do it and I thought Rory didn't like me. And, and who's and, Rory, and when Rory he asked again? Me is... to... Sorry, Rory Reynolds. He ran Rory Reynolds. Association of Playwrights. Yeah. Okay, okay. You thought yeah. he didn't like you. I thought he didn't like me. So when he asked me to do something, I was like, yes, I will be your friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, I felt like I had to say yes because he had never asked me to do anything. So I couldn't say no. This is a play that's been put on many, many times, right? Like, yeah. It's yeah. written by um, Vern Thiessen. Yeah. So that's not yeah. a Winnipeg. A Winnipeg boy. It is. Yeah. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But still, it's been put on over the years. I guess it started it start out as a fringe show or? I don't think so. It's been done everywhere. Okay. Uh, yeah. But I bet you're not quite like this with the sand and all that. Like no, that I don't think anyone's done it in a sandbox before. No. <laughs> and I, like I say, I love that element. I love how just like things would, you know, you'd pull stuff out of the sand and and uh, right. the way the lighting was used for fire and water. It's like you, we watch. We're watching it. On, I'm watching it online, or I'm watching a video of it. So it's right. very much a play. But at times it cuts to close-ups of your hand, say, or whatever. Yeah. Did you have to, did you memorize this show all in one go? 
Well, we did the whole thing all in one go. We shot it with three cameras mm -hmm. and then, and then we went back and did some close-ups and some, you know, bits that we wanted. Yeah. Oh, okay. We filmed it over two days. So for the first, the first day, we just did the, the whole thing and then a couple of bits. And then the, the third day we did the extreme close-ups with this really cool, uh, uh, tube lens. Uh huh. It was like a, a lens. It was about this long and this big around. It was so cool. Right, right, right. Um, to get that close up, yeah. That it looked yeah. amazing. And uh, and then some other stuff. Yeah. It's just so great how like you can just take like a piece of wood and use it as like a house or or just like <laughs> like anything. You know, that's always a great improv game too. It's just like, what is this? It's not a stick. It's a flute or whatever. Yeah. But uh, but also just the way. You, as I said, your arms would like clear the thing or even using the, the sand and putting on your arm to like represent, I believe, scabs or whatever. I yeah. So cool. Yeah. So yeah, the, the sand is great. Right. And Eric. It's so fun uh, to play with. Eric, is it Blaze? Blay. Blay. Eric Blay directed it. Uh, how, what was it like working with, is it hard working with the director when you're a director yourself? <laughs> no, Eric's fantastic. It's great. Yeah, I loved working with him. He's super generous. He's playful. Um, yeah, you, but do you supportive. have a hard time kind of like voicing your own like, well, if it was me, this is what I would do, you know, or? Well, no, because I can't see it. So he can see it like I can't see what it looks like. Okay. So I, I just trust him completely mm -hmm. to be the eyes. Yeah, you haven't done a lot of, of theater or TV, right? I haven't done a lot of film and TV, no. No. No, I really like live the live thing. Yeah. yeah. It's the live, is it is yeah. it the audience feedback is what, what's missing, right? Like from film and television. It's, well, it's the, the relationship, you know, with the audience. Right. I really like that relationship. Mm-hmm, cool. Whether like a lot of the time in live theater, you don't see them because they're in the dark and you're lit. But all my years with Shakespeare in the Ruins, the audience is right there, you know? So yeah. I'm used to having like, a relationship with the audience, mm -hmm. you know, I, oh. and I, I really love that. It's playing from November 19th to December 5th, playing, I guess, you yeah. know, like you can rent playing. it, for, you get yeah. it for two days, <laughs> you know, it's so much fun. Do you watch yourself? Like, have you watched it yourself? I have. It's not a, not an enjoyable thing, but <laughs> I have. <laughs> I think, I think most theater actors are, are very, uh, yeah very not interested in watching themselves on film and right. yes I'm one of those yeah okay sure <laughs> <laughs> um what, what are your thoughts on Winnipeg do you you obviously you enjoy you've been here what do you think about this yeah city? I love it I love it I love um again it's the relationship right like like we have a great theater going public here and I feel like I have a relationship with the audience you know that I'm that as a as an artist, I can do work that serves an audience, and I know what I'm talking about when I say that. You know, because yeah. I feel like I know that audience, and I think other people in other cities don't have that same relationship. Right. When people say Winnipeg has like you know the best uh, arts culture of of Canada, they're not you know they're not joking around. You can feel it. No. Living here, you know, like there's just it's all over the place. It's in the bars. It's on the buildings. You know? Yeah. What are kind of what are your favorite places in Winnipeg? Where do you like to hang out? Oh, God, I don't hang out anywhere. I mean, I've just gotten <laughs> right into the 
the COVID thing of staying home. I guess so. It's kind of an outdated question now that I think about it. Yeah. And I also like, I can't do stairs at all anymore. Right. Right. So, so all the places I hung out pre COVID, you know, like even if there's one step, I can't go there anymore. So I don't know. I believe on, uh, you made a post on Facebook about the, the city not having uh, adequate services for people with disabilities. Is that right? Well, right now it's really hard to get around. Like the, you know, the way the sidewalks are, aren't plowed. Oh, they're horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. Even in like the back lanes, like the, the back lanes of all these you know roads, are, it's like driving on the moon. Everything's just craters and potholes yeah. and, but I guess yeah. they'll get eventually in like February or something. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Debbie, uh, <laughs> let's do the Manitoba money shot. Now uh, it's 100 questions. I'm going to ask you in five minutes, you have five minutes to complete and we have to work together here. Okay. Okay. I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask a question as clear and, and concise as possible. They're easy questions as far as like fill in the blank, this or that. I may throw in, uh, you know, name a this, and it's all in the honor system too, because like, you know, you could lie. I don't know if you're lying unless perhaps you said something a little different in the interview or, you know, that might be like, Oh, you right. said that. What else? Oh, you can feel free to pass if you want to come back to it. Okay. okay. Um, other than that, I think we're good to go. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for the Manitoba money shot? I am so ready. Okay. Debbie Patterson. Tonight's money yeah. shot is... Life's but a walking shadow. A poor player that struts and frets his hour upon the stage and then is heard no more. It is a tale told by an idiot, full of sound and fury, signifying $16.12. Ha ha! Wait, no? Didn't like it? Alright, how about this? We are such stuff as dreams are made of, and our little life is rounded with a Hail Satan! Name a Winnipeg movie theater. Uh, uh, Grant Park. Name a Winnipeg bar. King's Head. Name a Winnipeg restaurant. Uh, East India Company. Name a Winnipeg, uh, park. Assiniboine Park. Name a Winnipeg band. We your thens. Uh, pick a number between one and ten. Five. Broccoli or cauliflower? Broccoli. Bananas or apples? Bananas. <laughs> Rice or potatoes? Potatoes. Favorite salad dressing? Oil and vinegar. Favorite soup? Pumpkin. Uh, girls just want to have blank. blank. Uh, boys don't cry. Name a Grammy winner. Oh my god. Uh, I know it's tough. Uh, Michael Jackson. Name an Oscar winner. Uh, Meryl Streep. What would you buy at Dollarama? Uh, a, a cup holder for my wheelchair. Nice. How, how, uh, how do you like your coffee? Uh, with oat milk. Favorite subject in school? Uh, theater. 
Yep. Name a movie you purchased. Uh, the Big White. Name, El Blanco. Oh, name a member of the band Kiss. Uh, um, fuck. <laughs> Don't remember a fuck, but... Paul? Paul, Paul Stanley, yes. Name a Star Wars droid. Yes, Paul Stanley, Paul Stanley. Paul Stanley. Uh, sorry, what? A Star Wars droid. Star uh, Wars... Uh, uh, C-3PO. Nice! Uh, what do you bring to the beach? Uh, a blanket. Name a John. Uh, Taves. Name a Betty. Boop. Name a Chris. Johnson. Name a Sarah. Stanley. Name a Beastie Boy. I don't know. That's great. What goes in the freezer? Uh, the ice cube tray. <laughs> Name something round. Roundish. All. Do you have a driver's license? Yes. Do you have a fishing license? No. Do you have a hunting license? No. Name a painting. The Mona Lisa. Name a book. The Diviners. Name a record album. The White Album. Name a film. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> E.T. Very good. Name a breakfast cereal. Uh, um. Honeycomb. What do you put in an omelet? Egg. Name a Marvel superhero. Um, Superman? No, name a DC superhero. No. You just said it. Superman. Yeah. What do you put on toast? Butter. Uh, what Name a sport with a racket. Squash. How often do you shave? Never. Uh, can you play guitar? Not anymore. Can you play piano? Not anymore. Can you play uh, drums? No. Can you sing? Yes. Yes, you can. Uh, name a black and white movie. One minute. Oh. Uh, 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 fuck. Oh, Wizard of Oz. Wizard of, of Oz. Uh, name a Manitoba city. Winnipeg. Name a Manitoba town. Gimli. Name a Manitoba road. Nice. Um, highway 234. <laughs> Name a Manitoba lake. Lake Winnipeg. 30 seconds. Name Beside a highway 232. Sorry. Okay. Name oh a Winnipeg jet. I gotta move. A Winnipeg jet? Yeah. I don't know. A blue bomber. I have no idea. Name a Winnipeg mayor. A Winnipeg mayor. Uh, uh, Brian Bowman. Name uh, a business on Corden. Um, uh, new cheese gelati. Five seconds. Name a business on Osborne Village. Yeah, by the house. Yeah, that's it. Sorry. No. Okay. <laughs> no. It's all right. It's okay. That was fun. <laughs> got some good answers there you got a kiss member that was really good hilarious i'm i can't believe i blanked on his name <laughs> <laughs> uh debbie thank you
for uh, being on the show. And once again, I loved you in Shakespeare's Will. I think you're just fantastic Aww. performer. I can't wait to see more more of your work, of course, in a in possibly a live setting. You know, we'll, we'll get there. That point. would be so great. Yeah. Thank you yeah. so much for inviting me on your show. Yeah. Have a great night. Thank you. Okay, you too. Yeah. Bye, Debbie. Bye.